thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a new study from China has shown that intermittent fasting for three months may be able to reverse type 2 diabetes in up to half of all individuals. It's estimated that over half a billion people worldwide suffer from diabetes, with 95% of those suffering from the lifestyle-related type 2 diabetes. And while consensus has traditionally been that type 2 diabetes was not reversible, this study adds to anecdotal evidence and research showing that may not be true, with previous studies looking at combinations of caloric deficit exercise, and lifestyle management, also showing positive results. This study, published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, looked at 72 participants who had type 2 diabetes for a period ranging from 1 to 11 years, with half of them undertaking intermittent fasting for a period of 3 months, while the other half ate normally. The intermittent fasting group were asked to consume 840 calories a day for 5 days, at 6 different times spaced out across the 3 months. The result was that a staggering 18 of the 36 fasters and just one of the non-fasters no longer had diabetes at the end of the trial. The fasting group also lost an average of almost 6 kilos and improved their quality of life scores across the duration of the trial. Amazingly, the diabetes remission, weight loss and the quality of life improvements all remained in the fasting group 12 months later. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion on this is that this is really exciting because whilst it's only a small group and clearly more research is needed, this backs up what's been said for some time in health and wellness communities where people certainly anecdotally have been saying that they have been able to see improvements and even reversal of their diabetes. There has been some research coming out showing that that may well be possible, but it's really been criticized and, and, and pushed away saying, no, that's that's not possible. You can't reverse diabetes. That's, that's not something you can do by the general consensus. And it seems like it has really taken some time for this understanding to change and for us to better understand what happens with diabetes in terms of sugar metabolism, how that affects our bodies and how these quote unquote alternative methods might be able to create some significant change and some significantly positive change, especially when you start looking at this and other studies. So, you know, once again, I think this shows that the importance of curiosity in our research, the importance of being able to go against the norm sometimes if we're looking at raising hypotheses in health that may be different from the norm, that may be different from consensus. You know, we've seen around the world with people like, for example, Gary Fetke, who've gone against the consensus, that they've been really heavily scrutinized and criticized and perhaps even you know, legally challenged or had their licenses threatened. And it's really, I think this study is a really great example of why we have to allow that communication to still occur. We have to allow people to have differing hypotheses. We have to allow people to try different methods and methodologies that may work for them as an individual so that we can start to see what might, what else might be out there. How can we continue to evolve and develop our scientific processes, our scientific understandings? And as you can see in this case, potentially get some really wonderful results in terms of people with diabetes. And once again, I, I reiterate the fact that this is a small group, that there is more research needed. But, you know, if this could be replicated across the world, across the whole population, then this would be an absolutely monumental study with absolutely monumental results that could have 
enormous impacts on ill health, on our health budgets, on performance, on just a huge raft of measures of health and also on finance. So, you know, I think particularly startling about this is the long-term effects of this. You know, the fact that this is able to still be showing those same effects 12 months later shows that it is really either making a fundamental difference to the metabolism of these individuals or making a fundamental difference to the outlook and the behaviors of these individuals or potentially both. But either way, I think this is a really exciting study that does reinforce what people in the, as I said, you know, alternative health and, and wellness world have been suggesting may be possible for years now. And hopefully, once again, can be reinforced with bigger, larger studies and hopefully can become you know, a norm and an intervention that is used around the world to get these sort of significant results for the huge percentage of our population that do suffer from diabetes, you know, obviously understanding that it does take some discipline and and willpower and proactivity on behalf of the individuals to get these changes. And so, you know, that may not be for everybody, but even so, just the understanding that this is possible could have a huge impact for people around the world if this is replicated in larger trials. So, you know, I think we definitely need to do more research, but in the meantime, you know, as a low-cost low-risk trial under supervision from your medical expert for diabetics, then I think people should be looking to this study, uh, looking to intermittent fasting as a potential, once again, low-cost, low-risk solution to create a change in terms of their type 2 diabetes. Once again, consult your health practitioner, make sure you're doing it safely, but this is something that should be really peaking the ears and peaking the interest of a lot of people around the world, half a billion people around the world, uh, suffering from diabetes. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.